Welcome to Rogue News. We are the preeminent geostrategic, geoeconomic, and geopolitical news show on YouTube and on the web. Join us for hard-hitting analysis, behind-the-scenes strategy, and brutal commentary. Find out why many consider us the place to get their news and information. Check us out at roguenews.com. Follow us on Twitter at Real Rogue News, Facebook, and most of the popular podcasting apps. Most of all, remember to subscribe, like, comment, and share. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, folks. I hope you all had a wonderful Labor Day weekend. Hope you were rested. And, uh, well, it's, it's fall season. Well, it's not fall season yet. It's going to be, but school season and falls around the corner. Summer is coming to an end. And tis the season of, of pumpkin spice where everything becomes pumpkin spice. Pumpkin spice everything, you know. Anyway. I'm still recovering from my long weekend and trying to readjust my sleep schedule and uh, all the other cool stuff that I got to do. So I'm, I'm looking forward to getting into it. It's going to be interesting. September through October is going to be absolute market bedlam mayhem. Uh, I talked to my crypto guys. A lot of guys are like, yeah, what the hell, V? You know, it's not 14,000. BTC did not hit 14,000 in August. What the hell's going on, V? What the hell's going on? Uh I talked to my institutional guys. They're still having very high expectations for BTC. Uh, still at 30000 before the end of the year. I think we're going to have a very, very, very serious rocky time in the market from now uh, through October. That being said, November through January is going to be ballistic. Absolutely Ballistic. We're going to see all-time new highs during that time because traditionally November through January is going to be the busiest time in the market, the most amount of trades in the market. Uh, typically, records are shattered or, or, or being set up to be shattered during that time frame. So we're going to see some major moves. And I'm going to be very excited to see that. So we can definitely see, folks, we can definitely see how things will prevail and how things will, will go. There's a lot of indicators about that, uh, I think I'm, I'm, I'm starting to pull a lot more fundamental analysis, uh, both from what is happening in Europe. I'm you're pretty much the only one that was talking about the Norway Sovereign Wealth Fund. And I will also tell you that some of the things that are happening in Hong Kong as well, which I will get into probably tomorrow, because it's going to be a very in-depth report on what is happening with capital flight in Hong Kong and how that is going to... Basically, folks, the perfect storm is being created right now and that perfect storm is culminating in um, in basically the, the premise, basically the reality that everybody's starting to quote-unquote perceive. And perceive is the key word here that the U.S. will be a safe harbor. Now, our, our economy uh, is, is, again, it's not the greatest, but I will tell you, it's at this point in the game, at this point in the game, it is the cleanest, dirtiest shirt in the playground. Surprise, surprise. It's, it's amazing how things have really cascaded. It's amazing how situations and scenarios have really transpired the past two and a half years 
uh, things have really changed. I, I will provide an in-depth report on that, possibly tomorrow because it's going to be very long. It's going to take time for me to break it all down. So that's going to be very interesting, to say the least. Um, my God. My God. Anyway, let's get into some of the things. You know, the whole thing with the trade war still continues. We are, at this point, not only playing a game of chicken, but we are also going tit for tat. And um, so we, we, we just put some tariffs on some new Chinese trade goods. Uh, they likewise have done the same. And um, now, uh, recently, again, Huawei is going to be killed. And it's pretty interesting. You know, I, I have, well, I told you guys about this before. I have Huawei phones. I have a Huawei uh, uh, P30 Pro, which is devastatingly awesome. And uh, honestly speaking, I mean, Huawei, in terms of build quality, in terms of hardware, they crap all over Samsung and Apple. They really do. And I, I got the new Note 10 Plus. Which I love. It's awesome. And I have my iPhone 10s, 10s Max, which is just at this point feeling very obsolete and very, very uh, cumbersome. Uh, I also have another Huawei device that I purchased. It is the monstrous uh, Huawei Mate 20X. On this phone, if you could find it on eBay. I recommend you snatch it. You want to get the global version. This way you have the Google Play Store. Uh, these phones you can modify. You can run pretty much a Linux OS on there. There's Lineage OS. There's all types of operating systems you can throw on there. It's pretty awesome. Um, this Mate 20X that I have, and I'm sorry for just talking about this, but this is a 7.2-inch screen. It is a monster phablet phone uh, designed for mobile gaming. Uh, it's... Beautiful screen, dual speakers, crazy, crazy, an amazing camera, man. Just amazing camera. Beautiful phone, nonetheless. Anyway, so what has happened, folks, what has happened and what is happening is the, you know, we, we know that last year, actually two years ago on Mobile World Congress, you had a U.S. delegation show up during a Huawei presentation and basically become like paid protesters, uh, protesting Huawei, talking about security and this, that, and the other. And Huawei is like, look, man, we don't have any backdoors on our devices. If anybody has a backdoor, it's you guys, you know, so on and so forth. And this is how it's continuing. So Huawei accused the U.S. government on Tuesday of harassing its employees and orchestrating a campaign of cyber attacks to try to infiltrate its internal network. Bloomberg is reporting the company made these claims in an official statement, but didn't say how it got its information. The accusations are the latest in a back-and-forth conflict between Huawei and the U.S. government, which has been accused of trying to use its influence to stop the Chinese telecom giant from gaining supremacy in the market for fifth-gen wireless gear. That's basically what it comes down to. You know, people say Huawei's weaponized and Huawei is a, is a part of the, the CCP. And folks, uh, I find it funny that they're talking about Huawei becoming part of the CCP or Huawei is part of the CCP, but nobody is going after Oppo. Nobody's going after Xiaomi, ZTE, um... The other, um, you know, OnePlus, uh, the other Chinese 
manufacturers, but they're zeroing in on Huawei because Huawei makes more than just phones. They make the 5G technology, which is pretty damn awesome. And their 5G does not have any backdoors for the NSA. It's pretty amazing here that China, which I'm no fan of the Chinese government at all. I'm, I, I think the CCP is a bunch of thugs. They just outmaneuvered us in terms of business because, let's be honest here, most of our leaders are gluttonous, lazy, corrupt individuals that are quite easily bought off. But, you know, to lay the blame and, and, to, and to say, and it's funny because this is literally the, the kettle calling the pot black, right? Literally the kettle calling the pot black. U.S. accusing Huawei of spying. U.S. accusing Huawei of, of, uh, of you know, backdoor technologies, this, that, and the other. It's amazing they could say this in the public space. It's as if, and this is why the government's so stupid. It's as if, they act as if Snowden never happened. They act as if Bradley Manning, Chelsea Manning, whatever you want to call him these days, has never happened. They act as if nobody understands or people have forgotten about the PRISM project. It's as if the world has somehow forgotten that we are the, the biggest spying country on planet Earth. That we have a backdrop into all sorts of data gathering, irrespective of whatever mobile platform you're running. Unless, of course, you're running Sailfish and some encryption, then you're pretty good. Irrespective of what email service you're using, your data is being collected on a massive scale here in the United States. My God. And this is the funny thing. You know, people are freaking out about China's social credit. And we have come to the point where we... See, this is the difference between the Chinese government, the U.S., and, 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 and the bastards that run this, you know, our government. The Chinese are in your face with it. They'll tell you to your face exactly what they're doing. Yeah, we're rolling out this. This is what's going to be, and this is how it is. That's it. With us, it's a lot more covert. It's a lot more subtle. In other words, folks, our slavery is much more sophisticated. They, the Chinese, have an overt totalitarian state. Very overt. It's out in broad daylight. You could see it. And their people, they're culturally, majority of the Chinese are totally okay with it because that's what they're used to. They've culturally have always been dominated by a cadre of powerful individuals led by one powerful man. In the West, it's not so. It's very covert. Our oligarchs are not as visible as the Chinese. Our oligarchs make sure that in spite of a legal system that was set up in order to prosecute, in order to prevent, in order to take apart cartels, criminal fifth columns, 
elite private clubs. These oligarchs in the U.S. have made sure. Call them the deep state, call them whatever you want. They have made sure that they are always above the law. They have made sure that they always skirt above any sort of prosecution. Recent example, look at Jim Comey. James Slim Shady Comey. Leaker extraordinaire. There's enough damnable evidence there to make sure that that man does not see the light of day. I mean, damnable evidence. And this is what beleaguers me. You know how you're being played? You know how the public is being played? Folks, they have every single email, communication, text message, data message, you name it, on every single person in the entire world. And you're telling me that they don't have the actual, real, unredacted, raw data and information and messages that they've compiled from Strzok, from Page, from Comey, from Clapper, from Brennan, from Clinton. Are you telling me? See, this is the uh, the double thing that even people in the alt media fall into. And they're like, well, you know, uh, James Comey's going to go down. They got all this dirt on James Comey. And then Bill Barr. Bill Whitewash Iran-Contra Barr. Bill Barr, who's been in the deep state for so long that he doesn't even know what's right or wrong at this point. Many people are hoping that Billy Boy Barb, B-squared, the B-2, the stealth bomber himself, is going to go ahead and prosecute Comey. And the day comes rambling down, comes rolling down like thunder, and all of a sudden we're all waiting with bated breath, and then the announcement comes forth that they will not seek prosecution against James Comey. But then the hopeful few, And, you know, my old mentor would always tell me this. You could hope in one hand and you can shit in the other and see what piles up faster. Wiser words have never been spoken. And the hopeful few thinking that there is a grandiose plan that entire... That, and maybe there is. The hopeful few that believe that someone is going to rescue them, and maybe they are. They go ahead and say, well, you know, they can't, uh, the IG report doesn't have enough to uh, indict Comey and uh, and they have to uh, do it the right way and that's why it's going to take a little bit more time. All the while, they're believing this reality. This is, what, this is why I talk about the double thing. They think somehow that legally they have to prosecute Comey because of these processes, but at the same time, they're sitting on every single email, text message, picture message, document that has ever been sent between all these quote-unquote deep state members. They have the dirt on all of them. Why not? I mean, my God, well, the, some, some people say, well, v, you know, because they're U.S. citizens, they have to follow a certain guidelines. No, they don't. Did they not pass the Patriot Act? Did they not pass the NDAA? Listing anybody as a 
enemy combatant, even quote-unquote American citizens, don't they have the right and the power to rendition anyone they want? So it doesn't come down to quote-unquote American citizens. It comes down to the simple fact that Slim Shady Comey is part of a club. And like what my man, my man George Carlin once said, it's a club and you ain't in it. You ain't in it. And that's why I'm not going to be holding my breath at this point any longer. But yeah, you still hear, you know, I talked to a, an insider, an insider, an insider, and the insider told me that there's going to be prosecutions coming. An insider told me that there's going to be this coming. An insider told me that there's going to be that coming. An insider, an insider, an insider. But at the end of the day, we are damn near three years into this whole entire ordeal and nothing has happened. But one thing that I can assure you what is happening globally, we're still provoking. Globally, we're still not competing on a business end of things. Globally, we're still uh, creating mischief. Creating mischief. What do I mean by that? <clears throat> now, because of all the hullabaloo of uh, the trade thing with China, and Huawei is saying, look, the U.S. is actively working. I've never seen this. Why is this company? It's like there's a trade war going on, and, and Huawei is caught in the middle of it, and, and Apple to some degree as well. And now, I mean, here's here's the real thing, folks. You've had I, I I've read reports from British, German, and French security cybersecurity experts who have taken apart the Huawei five G network, looked over every component and code with a fine tooth comb, and could not find a single digital backdoor anywhere. And I told you why is because the U.S. does not want people having Huawei devices because it doesn't have a backdoor for the bloody CIA. Can't have it. And so the recent news right now is that U.S. Poland signed a 5G pact. You know, the, pol the Poles are just these lackeys all of a sudden. Amid what's becoming a global showdown of shorts, say that real fast, a global showdown of sorts, between the U.S. and the Huawei, U.S. and Poland on Monday inked a new deal to cooperate on new 5G technology, which could eventually lead to the ban on Chinese Huawei from the East European country. And this is what they said. The agreement says, we believe that all countries must ensure that, quote-unquote, all the trusted and reliable suppliers participate in our networks to protect them from unauthorized access or interference. Listen to this BS. I mean, the goal, do you see it? It's as plain as day. Folks, when, when, when governments are working with corporations cohesively, that's, that's the definition of fascism. That's called corporatism. Mike Pence signed the deal in place of President Trump, who canceled the trip over the Hurricane Dorian emergency. The Polish Prime Minister, Matthias Morawiecki, 
as part of the continuing efforts to keep Huawei out of Europe over the fears of its using its advanced 5G networks to enable Chinese state spying. And we've seen hit piece after hit piece. Ooh, in Uganda, Huawei was technicians were spying, were spying on, on the on the political rivals. They're spying on political rivals. Uh huh. But what they didn't tell you, how were they spying? What were they using to spy? They were asked by the incumbent government of Uganda to spy on the potential political rivals that are running against the incumbent government and the incumbent administration. So the Huawei technicians who were setting up their 5G networks obliged. Now you'd think the way the articles have been constructed in the Western world that somehow these Huawei technicians went into a seedy basement where there's all sorts of computer devices and knobs and they began to turn and tune left and right and they began to triangulate the positions of these electoral rivals to the incumbent government in Uganda or whatever African country it was. That's the impression they give you. And they were able to listen in on their conversations and find out where their geolocations were and, and try to wiretap them, so to speak. And that is the impression that Western journalists will give you. But the truth of the matter is the Huawei technicians actually had to use a specific device. A device that is very expensive, a device that is very advanced, a device that Huawei does not even create or end or make. A device that was not fully even used by them. And what device is that? It's called Pegasus. And, and it was developed by, I, think, I believe, NOA or NOS from Israel. An Israeli company. And it's their... It's their networks. It's their equipment. It's their personnel that are put forward to create to, to utilize the Pegasus. They won't tell you that in the Western press. But they want to give you the impression. Why? Because it's juicy to give the impression. Who the the Chinese. They're going to spy on you. Look at them. Their social credit system. Folks, let me you look, I hate status. Alright, and I, I I think the Chinese social credit system is is damn right tyrannical. I, I hate it with a passion. Hit it with a passion. But. But. We have the kind of same similar thing here. I mean, Paul Joseph Watson did a nice little video on it. I've talked about it since going back to 2012. There is not a thing you could do where they're not looking at your social media profile right now. That's why I'm not on social media, folks. At least social media. I, I, I personally have zero social media. V, how come you're not on Facebook? V, how come you're not on LinkedIn? V, how come you're not on Snapchat? V, how come you're not on Instagram? V, how come you're not on... V, how come you're not... I don't want to. Go for a job interview. They want to see what your Facebook looks like. Go get insurance for your car. They want to look at your social media and how reckless you are. Try to get life insurance. Same thing. 
Airbnb, same thing. Oh, I want to see uh, what kind of a host you are. I want to see how kind of responsible person you are. This, that, and the other. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. Again, covert versus overt. Do not fall or lull yourself to sleep that justice is coming. Folks, they have dirt on everybody. And the fact that they won't even... Pro- that you, you guys remember years ago they leaked that tape out, they, the supposed rumor that they got the Hillary Huma tapes and blah, 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 the NYPD. Folks, the NSA supercomputer Dragnet has already have those videos. They have everything that they need to have these people dead to rights. Dead to rights. But yet, they're still walking around. They're still walking around with no problems. And while that's happening, there's a trade war going on. Which I'll go into detail tomorrow because it's really juicy. There's some incredible developments that I will share with you guys. And then we're playing the game of nuclear chicken across the world since we pulled out of the INF. And we pulled out of the JCPOA. Because we don't know how to compete militarily anymore. I'm sorry, business-wise. We only know how to compete militarily. And even in that regard, we're doing a piss-poor job. Because let's be honest here. It's like... We're tired of losing the Middle East and not getting everything done. We can't achieve all our havoc and dreams because right now ISIS is pretty much done and over with. So now we have a pivot towards the east, pivot towards Asia. Now let's not kill ourselves. It's not about pivoting towards Asia. It's about killing the new Silk Road. It's about ending the multipolar world. It's about ensuring dollar dominance. It's about ensuring that the Pax Americana continues for another hundred years. And this is why all the talks are happening between the U.S. and Australia. To have a large contingent of U.S. bases there. To to have a stake in the mineral rights over there. And to militarize this island and that island. To get Japan on board with the uh, entire process. Try to get the Indians on board. Try to get the South Koreans on board. There's a lot of... It's insanity. This will not end well. It will not end well. And I can't tell you when that will... when the end will come. U.S. is economically in a ton of trouble. So is the Chinese. So is much of the world. There's not a country in the world, in the developed world, where their economies are not facing some sort of vulnerability, some sort of stress, some sort of cataclysm. But what I can tell you from my analysis is we're going to be setting up for a massive, massive bull market. 
the last hurrah. And I think if you want to make a profit, if you want to make it happen for yourself, this is it. This is the big one. Apart from that, folks, uh, September is going to be a pretty rocky month going into October. I expect a lot of volatility. I'm not gonna. I can't be able to tell you where things are going to be going, but a lot of volatility. I'm getting into Rocktober. We'll level off in November and then go for the moon. Tomorrow, I'm going to have an extensive report on Hong Kong and China. I'm going to have an extensive report on the European Union, Brexit, how it all ties in. So get ready for that. This is the gorilla. I'm over and I'm out.